This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back to the Blue Army Podcast. This is episode 49. And I am very, very happy, always happy, in fact, buzzing uh, to add on to the positive vibes that this week I am joined by none other than everybody's favourite co-host, Wills is here. How's it going, Wills? You all right, man? Yes, not bad, not bad. <laughs> Been an up and down week this week, mate. Um, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll give you the rundown and then you'll 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 get an insight about what we're gonna talk about on today's episode, yes. episode 49, one away from 50. <laughs> uh, nearly a year. Right, um, so this week on the podcast, myself and Wills will be first of all diving into Carlisle's last league. Win that was a 1 0 win against Scunthorpe just the Saturday. Gone then, we'll have a little glance over the unfortunate uh news that Carlisle were knocked out of the EFL trophy. We'll give that about as much attention as what we've given the EFL trophy throughout its little existence here on the Blue Army podcast. And then we're going to finish things off with I think you know, this is what everyone loves about January transfer news the ins and outs of the early early days of the january transfer window so wills mate that's what we're going to be talking about today on the podcast i mean as far as um uh, listening to or, or, or seeing highlights and stuff like that did you see everything that was going on or listen to everything that was going on in carlisle's one nil victory over scum I, yeah, I did. I listened to it and then I'll watch the highlights. So, mate, what I'm, what I'm obviously boiling down to is the match crack. Let's go through Carlisle United's starting lineup mm. for their game against Scunthorpe. So, in goals, we had Mark Howard, then we had Meller, 
at right back, Feeney, McDonald and Armour then over on left back. Duty with Gibson, Whelan, Guy and Dickinson playing in the midfield with Fishburne, the mighty fish, and John Mellish sort of just behind Fishburne or perhaps up front with Fishburne. Uh, I yeah. couldn't really see from uh, what, what, what the things that I've Commentators seen. Commentators have been describing him as if he were a striker now, the, um, the position he's been played. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, so obviously, mate, that's what's caught my attention straight out of the blocks is the fact that John Millish is getting pushed back into uh, a forward position a little bit more regularly under Keith Millen. Um, in your opinion, mate, what is John Millish's best position on the pitch for Carlisle United? And obviously, you can pick whatever formation you like. Um, I think he's it's, it's, it's kind of found himself... In that thing where he kind of like, it doesn't seem to have a best position anymore because he wouldn't really say defender anymore. He's not played as a defender in like what two years. Mm. Um, he did well under certain circumstances as a midfielder, and I think we kind of like briefly mentioned on the last pod um, about how kind of like, sir. You know, if Carlisle are playing a certain way and there's certain players around him, then he can kind of bring something to the table in central midfield, but it's not as a traditional centre midfielder. Um, he's been thrown up front on a couple of occasions. He's not scored um, in those occasions. And I haven't seen him play up front. It's been away a couple of away matches. So I can't really... Come, I mean, I'd... I'd say midfielder, centre midfield, but with heavy caveats in that he never really fit in there as a player that you could just call on and say, like, he's a central midfielder, we need a central midfielder, bang him in. So he, he, he's kind of he's, he's kind of his own thing at the moment. You know, he's not a defender, he's not a midfielder, he's not an attacker, he's just a John Mellish. I mean, what I like about John Mellish is yeah. obviously his attitude on the pitch. And that, what I yeah. would say his strongest technical ability that he has in terms of how he plays the game is how he actually reads the game. And that's how he can turn up in the positions or he did mm. so fashionably last season, turning up in the right place at the right time to score... They weren't worldies. He wasn't scoring worldies, was he? He was. He was. He was in the right position at the right time. Um, yeah. Maybe Millen's kind of thinking if he's in a forward position, he's more naturally going to be in those goal-scoring positions on a more regular occasion. But yeah, go on. Also, we you know we're we're struggling for goals at the moment, so you know he maybe Millen is just kind of you know trying out a player who we know can score goals and will he be the answer to our goal scoring problems? I feel like, you know, it is sort of like nobody who's played up there has made a real case for why they should be always considered, you know, always starting up there. So I guess maybe Keith Millen feels like there's nothing to lose by trying out different things. Um, in this case, trying Mellish as an out and out striker. Now, obviously, uh, we're going to get onto the transfer news a little bit later on, but the options up front were limited in the way that Brad Young went back to Aston Villa. So, 
Um, maybe it does speak volumes about Millen's opinion of Mellish being able to play up front is the fact that he's, he's you know, he's all right with certain players going uh, out of the club and using John Mellish up front instead. Maybe that's his prefer- preferred person to play in that position. So, I mean, in that sense, there's a fair bit of back in there. Um, I just want to quickly have a glance at the bench and see what attacking options we had there. Oh, Young was on the bench. Uh, Abraham's not. Uh, Clough not. Are they both injured at the moment? Um, is this a, uh, the Harrogate one you're talking about? No, sorry, the Scunthorpe one. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think Abraham's was it was it a COVID thing? Because um, we had a very because we had a very light bench against Scunthorpe. I think we only named five players on it. Um, I think the players that were missing from it, because um, this was before Dinzay had gone back as well. So I think Abrahams, Dinzay, and anyone else you can think of who you might have expected to be on the bench, not on the bench. I think they they, they were all sort of self isolating with COVID. Right. Okay. Okay, because obviously there's a lack of attacking options on the bench, and then I mean, obviously we still had Young for the Scunthorpe game, but by the Harrogate game, he was he was gone as well. Um, so I mean, the bench was Norman, Devine, Riley, Charters, Ellis, and Young. So obviously Ellis and Charters quite young uh, players there. Yeah. Charters obviously regularly on the bench. Ellis not so much. Norman coming back yeah, from injury. Ellis, yeah, I think Ellis on the bench as well is kind of like just because we had to, you know to fill numbers. I don't think he was on there with any real expectation of getting on. I think it was just we you know we were looking at potentially only having four players on the bench. So I feel like it might it might speak to who Millen kind of fancies in that youth team and given that sort of match day preparation experience to first and the pecking order. So yeah. it, it, yeah. might, it might be an indication. Obviously it's a light indication and and you're really starting to see the fact that Carlisle, I mean <clears throat> Yeah, we've had a couple of transfer movements now and the squad yeah. numbers will be picking up again after the COVID, uh, like you've just mentioned there. Um, but looking a little bit thin on the ground in a lot of positions now, not just necessarily in the obvious position where we're like, we need a goal scorer. Well, actually, we've got a lot of attackers um, registered at the club, uh, but what we really need is is maybe a central defender um, and, and the central midfielder option um, because you would say Riley being on that bench against Scunthorpe maybe a bit too early for him. You really don't want to risk him um, again yeah. getting injured because you'd like to see him return to the form that he was at the early points of the season, the sort of person that, that got the season off to the stuttering start that it eventually was. Yeah, and, you know, we've got, like, two proper right-backs now. Mm. So... You maybe think that that kind of maybe means the end of players like Riley and Devine being asked to fill in in that position because now it is going to be Mella or Senior. Yeah, um, and obviously we'll, we'll get to crack about Senior a little bit later. I think Mella's a good option. Senior um, sounds like a good option on paper from his backstory, but we'll get to reveal a bit more of that uh, a little bit later on. Yeah. Now... Millen, in, in my opinion, mate, with Whelan being in the central midfield position, with Guy, with Dickinson, Gibson, Fishburne, Feeney, McDonald, Armour and Mella and Howard, really looking like uh, regular starters for him. More so recently, they seem to be gathering a bit of momentum and the formation that he seems to be playing seems to be the system that he, he's, he's 
he's maybe enjoying playing. So basically what I'm trying to say is, is he doing the best with the squad that he has at his disposal? And then maybe by the end of January, when he's been able to bring in a couple of his own recruits, will we see a change in the strategy? Or do you think this is the strategy that Millen plays and we're just going to be looking for stronger players to fill in certain positions and just strengthen the team, but we're going to play the way that we're playing now? Um, I mean, you know, he made some quite big changes to the way we played as soon as he came in. Um, I think it's probably fair to say that although... You know, although maybe not ideally the way he'd like us to play, um, I think that, you know, that kind of like more, a bit more of a passing game when he took over um, is, is I think, kind of like what he wants, you know, what he wants us to play and what he'll be recruiting players for us to play. Yeah. Oh, do you know what I've just forgot, mate? You didn't tell the joke of the week. I haven't done the joke of the week, have I? <laughs> well, well, as we sometimes like to start with here on the Blue Army podcast, it's time for the Blue Army podcast joke of the week. Is he having a laugh? I think he's trying to. It's the Blue Army podcast. I believe we nearly forgot this, mate. I found a good one this week as well. Unbelievable. Oh, <laughs> right, here we go. My fortune cookie said, that Chinese takeaway this week, my fortune cookie said that something positive would happen to me this week and it finally happened, mate. Um, do you know what this coronavirus thing is? But a bunch. <laughs> Nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it wasn't worth it, was it? I, di- I, I didn't get it. <laughs> you didn't get it? You didn't get it? I said, my fortune cookie said I was going to get something positive. Something positive would happen oh, to me this week. Yeah, okay, yeah. Do you know what this coronavirus thing is? <laughs> yeah, yeah, nightmare, yeah. Right, okay, we'll move swiftly on away from that. Carlisle took the lead against Scunthorpe around the 40th minute of the game. McDonald's on the end of a Callum Guy corner. Something we would regularly say last season, a Callum Guy corner leading to a goal, a Callum Guy free kick leading to a goal. Nice to see that happening again here. Uh, McDonald's steaming in at the back post, headers the ball pretty well. Does really well, I think, to get the height off the ground and get above his man uh, in the air, looking strong in the air there. Um, It took a deflection on its way into the back of the net. But we'll take it, mate. One nil, and um, I mean it was enough to win the game. But the the goal itself, mate, you've got to say it, it's nice to see Callum Guy finding people in the box again from those corners and us being able to add those goals to our games once again. Yeah, I mean it's not you know it's not necessarily been that Callum Guy's delivery's always been terrible this season. It's often just been that there's not been um, people able to get on the end of it. So. And you know, on, on this on this occasion, um, someone did get on the end of it, even though you know it was kind of like a bit of a way out. He didn't look like the most obvious goal scoring opportunity, but you know, it resulted in a goal. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't pretty uh, the way it ended up in the back of the net, but it was a it's a vital goal. It's right at the end of half time. Both teams came out for the second half 
raring to go. On paper, mate, there was 32 shots in the game in total. 15 Carlisle, 17 Scunthorpe. So obviously lots of balls flying about the pitch, lots backwards and forwards. But on display, the glaringly obvious thing that both teams have in common, that's keeping us glued to the bottom of the table. Lack of quality up front. That yeah. many shots should lead to more than just one goal in a game. And you can see why both teams are down the bottom end of the yeah. league. That second half, the lack of quality for both teams up front, just glaringly obvious. Now, what I want to draw attention to is uh, Gibson. Um, he he it is the fact that he can break free from defenders and he looks like an absolute quality player from the halfway line going into the box. But when he gets into the box, it's 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 mental how it just it all just goes away. Um what do you think that is? Do you think that's a lack of decision making, a lack of ex- a lack of experience, a lack of confidence in front of goal? Um obviously it, it's really he's from outside the box a fantastic player, but it just seems like if he ever gets into the box, it all crumbles for him. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, there's probably things that he can work on in terms of his final delivery. And, you know, that's the reason why he is where he is, you know, in his career. I think he, um, he was released from Bradford before going to Sligo. So, you know, there's, there's reason why he's not kind of pushed on up the leagues. Um, but kind of like, you know, whether part of that is also the players around him and whether there's you know players you know and not enough players wanting the ball when he gets into a position where he can put you know where you can put a cross in because sometimes players will suddenly become almost different players just because the players around them are different so you know I can I think it can be like a bit of a well Teams like us at the moment can sometimes kind of like make good players look worse than they are. And, it, it, you know, um, that that could be a factor in, in what you described there. Yeah, I just, you know, it's, yeah, maybe, maybe it is. Obviously, it, you just see that much quality, like I said, between the halfway line and just outside the box. But when he gets in the box, it all just seems to crumble a little bit for him. Somebody he didn't crumble for on the day in that second half against Scunthorpe was Mark Howard. He had a, a really good game. Um, not necessarily that he was being tested uh, to straining uh, points. Most of the shots were either down his throat or wide, but it is important that you have a goalkeeper that has the experience to keep the concentration, to not make the mistakes, to keep the cool head and maybe lead the defence through the moments of the game where it's important. Um, so, I, I mean, for me, that was a really good performance from Mark Howard, showing a great bit of experience and, and, and showing off like a um, just a really quality display from him, just being a cool-headed consistency in that game was, uh, was, was really important for us. Did anyone sort of... Uh, uh, stand out for you? Did Mark Howard stand out for you like that? Well, I mean, I've only seen highlights of the game and, and, and listened to it on radio. So, like, I don't feel like I can necessarily kind of judge everyone's performance that well. Um, the kind of... The, the one player that seemed to be standing out as doing well on the day was Morgan Feeney. Mm. And 
looking through the highlights, it's kind of like the there's like one moment where Scunthorpe are through on goal, and it's Feeney that races back to, to um uh, to make the block, and that's kind of like just going off the highlights. It's the one kind of big highlight for us, apart from the goal, obviously. The kind of if you know if if you were just going through the highlights, looking to put um ticks in the you know, in the good performance column for the players, then the only thing that the highlights really show that you can put a tick in is a tick for Morgan Feeney for that block. And it sounded, listening to the radio, like he was having a good game, so... Yeah, there was a post-match interview with Rob McDonald and they were uh, asking him about the goal and how it fell. And yeah. uh, they had a question about Morgan Feeney in there as well. Uh, just sort of like, what's it like playing alongside Morgan Feeney? And he said... Um, he seems to be adapting really well to League Two football and uh, he's quite a vocal player. Um, so obviously his performances are getting noticed. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't necessarily pick up on that. So uh, well said. Um, I mean, for me, well, we may as well say who your man of the match is. So if you're going to say Morgan Feeney, then fair, I'm going to say Mark Hamlin. Yeah, like just spoken about. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll get those written down and out the way. Um, so yeah, I'll just add those. Mate, that might be a first for Morgan Feeney, you know. Yeah. It's certainly, it's certainly had some plaudits on this channel every now and again, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't think is I don't think any of us have given him a man of the match before, but um, and I, I, I seem to remember games that he was doing well where other players had also done well. So he, he was maybe pipped to Man of the Match award on a few occasions. Yeah, maybe maybe, maybe when there's a goal scorer involved, he would have maybe got overlooked um, on certain occasions. But yeah, mate, I mean, really good win. Um, reaction to the game doesn't really do that much in terms of um, pushing Carlisle to crazy safety. Uh, we've got that game in hand, 20, 22 points played, 22 yeah. points. Game in hand's feel meaningless when you're in the relegation mix because more yeah. often than not, the games that you then go on and lose. So it's like, unless you've got like three or four games in hand on teams, you know, no, normally when you look at the teams down the bottom, if one of them's played a game less than the others, you know, more often than not, that game in hand then you know then gets lost. It's it's an opportunity for us to increase our points at the expense of other teams who don't have that game in hand. But my expectations are low. I'm not sure who it's against. Um, I know we have this rearranged one this weekend against uh, Bradford, but yeah. I think other teams are also playing at the weekend. Yeah, um, I think it was. It is it Hartlepool Tuesday night? Is that the one that's been rearranged? Is it coming up? Yeah, it was. I haven't actually looked. Uh, um, yeah, so Saturday there are quite a few teams playing, um, including Scunthorpe, Oldham, Stevenage, uh, Barrow. I'm playing because I think they can be considered to be in the relegation battle now. They're on poor form. Um, Colchester. Yeah. Colchester, another one that are playing. So that's like five of the six, you know, five of the current bottom six. Um, Tuesday coming. Um, no, we're not playing. And then Saturday after that. So yeah, I'm not sure. Um, yeah, it's the Tuesday after that. We're playing. Yeah, we've got that game against Hartlepool. And 
Colchester are playing, but the other teams down there aren't. So it's Tuesday the 18th of January. Game yeah, I mean, in hand. Equal on points with Even Colchester. Both. And then obviously just one point between Barrow. Um, yeah, yeah it, it is a really tight sort of like bottom six there. Uh, yeah, I mean, seeing that that game, you know, seeing that that game in hands again, you know, home to Hartlepool, it does make me feel a bit more positive about kind of looking at the game in hand as a potential potential points because Hartlepool aren't on great form at the moment. They yeah. started the season well and have really slid since then. Yeah, I mean, um, it, it, it is it is fortunately wide open and if you can get on a little run of form you could very quickly be out of that little bottom six situation and other teams there's plenty of teams down yeah. this bottom end that can start drifting away all them look to be drifting away now they've played 24 games only 18 points all them definitely start starting to look like a bit of a drift away team um and hopefully Somebody can pile on the misery for Scunthorpe or Stevenage and we can just start like getting away from them. But if a team like Colchester or Barrow gets swept under, then so be it if that means we get that extra bit of safety. Um and 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 yeah, so yeah, I mean Barrow only um one point ahead of us. Uh they've lost three of the last five. So and and their game at the weekend is against do, 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 do. Okay, yeah, so they're not playing at the weekend. Um, oh, yeah, because they're in the FA Cup still. Yeah, they're FA Cup, in it? Yeah, so, like, we play Bradford. Um, tough game. Um, yeah. But if we, you know, if we even get a point from that, then we are level on points with Barrow. Um, we'll still be well behind them on goal difference. Yeah, I mean... There's chances, and I think those six teams, um, Bristol Rovers seem to be, be able to win games, and they've got like a few more points than the others. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, bottom, yeah, so the bottom six, Barrow, Colchester, or Stevenage, Scunthorpe, Oldham, seems to be the relegation battle as it's forming. Yeah, yeah. Um, so plenty of, uh, plenty of competition down there, plenty of opportunities. Um, and a long season still ahead. So um, I mean, I think I think we can do enough. I think we're good enough. Um, but I'm not gonna bet a house on it just yet. They um, Carlisle were in action for a second time this week, just uh, on Tuesday evening in the EFL Trophy. They lost one nil to Harrogate Town, who do seem to be a bit of a difficult team for us to beat um, yeah. of late. And it was a bit of a mistake for the goal. I don't know if you've seen the goal, mate. Uh, unfortunately, Mark Howard kicked uh, a bit of a missed kick from the goal kick position straight into uh, one of Harrogate's attacking players, and the ball was yeah. was uh, was quickly dispatched back into the Carlisle United goal, and that was the only goal of the game, and that was enough uh, for us to, to to be knocked out of the cup now. We haven't given the trophy a lot of coverage. Obviously, when we win, we'll mention it because it's something nice to mention. But obviously, being knocked out is a little bit of news. But I took to social media for some reaction and Courtney Johnson was kind enough to contribute. Um, Courtney mm -hmm. Johnson said, I would say that I think it's a shame that we got knocked out of 
pizza trophy as would have been nice to get a cup or at least a final I think we played very very well little unlucky on the night and the lads are playing much better so I mean yeah we, we have been playing better the form has been uh, going in the right direction for Carlisle yeah. United the trophy maybe being as a league two side in the position that we're in uh, a bit of an unwelcome distraction, potentially, with the small squad that we have at the moment. Um, what do you have to say about the trophy, mate? Do you have any feelings about being knocked out just, just at this point? Or do you feel like we've done well to get to this point? It's, I think it's the furthest we've gotten, you know, the new, the new format of the trophy. Um, part of me is... <clears throat> well, I mean... The thing that they always kind of like say about the trophy on the BBC is, you know, you know, whatever you think about it, you get through to the next round, there's some money for your club there. And, you know, we, you know, we all need some money. If we got to the final, it would put me in a bit of a dilemma because I am I'm not a fan of the trophy. I don't go to the games in it. I I used to enjoy it when it was a proper team for the low, you know, for the lower leagues. Um, but now it's become a bit of a training ground for the Premier League players, uh, for the youth teams. It, it, you know, it feels like a, an attempt to justify the whole B teams thing. Um, so, yeah, so I don't go to the trophy games. Um, if we got to the final, it, it, I would really kind of like resent the idea of Carlisle being at Wembley and not going, and it would make me kind of tempted to, uh, to, well, to go. Um, so in a way, it's a little bit of a relief that that won't be happening this season, and I, I don't have to wrestle with that particular conundrum. Um, but you know, in terms of just kind of like seeing us do well, especially as we're trying to fight relegation, and you want to kind of. You know, you want to hear that we've played well in the game because it kind of like, um, you know, boosts the players' confidence and stuff. So I still, I still always hope that we do well when we're playing, and I listen to it on the radio. Um, and it, it does sound like we did. You know, they they didn't have many uh, many big criticisms of our performance, and um, the commentators, apart from probably um, just not taking chances as usual. Yeah, I mean, it seems to be one of those situations where it's it's there's there's good and bad to both situations. The money in the cup is obviously a nice incentive. Yeah. Um, the money with the Premier League teams being in the cup is a little bit more than it used to be. Apparently, that's one of the reasons why they've kind of been put into uh, the cup as well as the sponsorship and all yeah. that kind of thing. There's there's a little bit more uh, money coming trickling down from the top, I believe, um, but. Yeah, it's it's um, it's bittersweet. Uh, I don't think we we could have really expected to get much further in the cup. It would have been a bonus if we did. The the draw uh, would have maybe had to have been more favourably again uh, to get us any further down the line. But it is one of those situations where I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it, and I, I feel like they didn't embarrass themselves. They they um, from what I've heard and from what I've seen, put in quite a spirited performance and uh, we all know the difficulties of playing at a place like Harrogate especially on a Tuesday night 
I think on top of that, there's only about 400 people there in total, 150 Carlisle fans. Um, so mm -hmm. the trophy itself is a bit of a, I don't know, the attendance, uh, compared to what it used to be. I mean, I remember going to like Carlisle versus Leeds in, in, in the Johnson's Paint Trophy semi-final and the, there being yeah. like 10,000 people there on a Tuesday night at Brooklyn Park under the lights and... And then when you compare that to um, games where I don't think they've had over a thousand fans at Brunton Park in this trophy since it started in this format. Um, and it's sad to see a decline of um, an outlet like that, because I do feel like that trophy is important at this level of the game. There should be a, an yeah. opportunity for a day out at Wembley at this level of the game. Yeah, Peter Murphy scoring that goal. Um, yeah. when we, you know, when we beat Brentford, that was a good day out. And that's it. And you deserve those, you know. As fans of lower league teams, you deserve those days out. Um, mate, we'll, uh, we'll 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 jump over to uh, something uh, that is also a little bit of bittersweet, depending on um, who your favourites are and, and and what your opinion of certain players are. The transfer ins and outs of Carlisle United so far this season. That's right, the January transfer window is finally upon us and Keith Millen can start flexing his contact book that we've all heard so much about. And um, it's time, it's time, oh yes, it's time to see what Millen can really do with his little black book of contacts. Uh, but first, mate, we'll cover the transfer outs. So then we can end on a high of talking about the transfer ins, I suppose. Um, I can't, I, I can never get my mouth around uh, the young man's, uh, the young man from Arsenal, uh, Jonathan Dejaney. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's 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 on his way out. Um, I mean, not a lot of note. I don't think he did that much wrong um, in the about five or six appearances that he made for Carlisle. Um, obviously, he when you he had one bad performance. I can't remember who it was against, but I can remember there being one game where. Either, either us or just um, the uh, fans in general being quite critical of him. Can't remember which game it was. Mm. There was I mean, that, I'll tell. I'll tell you what it reminds me. Do you remember Tom Cruise? Yeah. The, the, the lone E from Arsenal. He looked. He, he reminded me a little bit of him. He kind of like he turned up and he was kind of put into the first team in the first like two weeks of being with the squad, and it, he he just looked a little bit sort of like whoa. <laughs> what's this? I haven't played men's football before. This is, oh, I'm getting bullied off the ball a bit. Well, I don't necessarily belong here too much, but he yeah. did look like he was getting on a bit and he did look like there was a bit of development there. Um, but obviously we, we don't have the luxury to develop players right yeah. now. We need players that are ready to go and maybe hopefully that's Millen's thinking anyway. So Jonathan Dezeji is on his way out of Brunton Park. And um, I mean, it was only a half season loan anyway. Um, I think that's what people need to remember about uh, the two of these two of these releases is that they were only signed to half season loans anyway. So this is when their contracts would have ended anyway. Um, and obviously you can look to extend certain players' contracts, but sometimes they get a better offer. And, you know, you're not privy to that information until that deal goes across the line. And also... 
I mean, we've all had the experience of somebody leaving us at the start of January and then at the end of January, we re-signed them again on loan. Um, that's happened a couple of times um, at Carlisle. So, you know, it's not necessarily a goodbye forever, but maybe just a goodbye for now for some of these lads. As We'll also talk about uh, Brad Young, who's gone back to Aston Villa. That was also just a half-season loan. Brad Young... I can't believe this when I looked I looked it up. I think he played 20 games in total for Carlisle, uh, which seems like a lot of games. Um, I think he scored yes. six goals in total as well um, in all competitions. So yeah, it's, not, it's not, not respectable numbers, right? Yeah, no, he kind of... He, he, he had a good spell. Um, you know, he was kind of try you know he was partnering Fishburne for three or four games in a row or something like that mm. and that, that, I mean I, I quite like that them two playing up front together but obviously Millen um I, I, Millen has spoken about this transfer and he did sort of say that part of the reason why he's sort of gone for now is that he can't guarantee the fact that he's going to play first team football so hopefully Millen has something up his sleeve and thinks that he's going to be able to get someone in who's better than Brad Young. Otherwise, you wouldn't, you know, you would have maybe looked to have. Well, looked to yeah, have he already him. has. Yeah, I mean, he already has kind of brought in essentially on paper the Brad Young replacement, as in a teenage striker on loan from a Premier League team. Yeah, uh, well, we may as well we may as well talk about old Tyrese Otto. Um, Omtomoyi. Omotoyi. Omotoyi. Tyrese Omotoyi. Um, on loan from Norwich. He's a 19 year old. He's previously had a short loan spell with Lake Norian. He doesn't have any goals under his belt, unfortunately. No. Um, in any Didn't kind play of much for Orient. No. So, I mean, I mean, where's this one came from? Um, the old Pulsworth's contact book, maybe. Um, I mean, he he was on loan for the League Two team in the first half of the season, so he's he's kind of in among that pool of players who um, sort of managers and directors of football at this level all know that they're available, and they. Um, you know their parent clubs are probably thinking of League Two as being the you know the level they want to loan them out to. So he's he's ended up coming to us. Um, you know I think I I probably say that expectations are low given the fact that he had barely featured, didn't get really get to do much for Leighton Orient. They're um, I mean they're doing a lot better than we are in the league, obviously, but um, you know not. You know, I mean, they're not so high above us. There's not so much of a gulf between ourselves and Orient that you would expect a player to struggle at Orient and then come here and start um, tearing it up. Um, but you know, you know, kind of like Brad Young, is is he's got a chance now to uh, to do something. You know, he'll maybe get more of a chance than he would have got at Orient because Orient will have better strikers ahead of him. Whereas here, there's kind of there's 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 a bit of a void, you know. There's the you know there isn't anyone who's kind of like well, this person's definitely starting up front. 
So, you know, you're fighting off the bench. You know, there's, you know, he could get a fairly early, a fairly early start. Um, yeah, it, it does just feel a little bit underwhelming, a little bit unambitious. Um, yeah, obviously, a lot of Carmel fans crying out for more experience in that position. Yeah, I mean, we've all seen, you know, we kind of like know what the expectations are when it comes to uh, teenagers on loan from the Premier League. You know, the vast majority of them, um, you know, having never played proper senior football before uh, just kind of completely behind on the kind of you know the competitive aspect of the game and but you know it's it's a skill that they have to learn at some point and you know hopefully you know you know hopefully we get one who is a quick learner and you know because you did the players who are going to go on and do well at some point, they've never played a competitive fixture before and it's all a bit new to them. And I think, like you said before, whoa. But they all have to go through that. And in amongst them, there's going to be some who quickly kind of get to grips with that. And so, so you know, that, um, yeah, so we, we, we can just hope, really, hope that... Omatoye is is, is going to kind of like adjust to that aspect of the game quickly. I think Brad Young, you know, I don't think he was, you know, I think he was kind of like quite well adjusted in that respect. He, you know, he, he did look competitive. He didn't look like your standard Premier League teenager who is just, you know, completely astonished by the fact that people try and tackle him. So... <clears throat> you know, um, if he's if if he's better than Brad Young in that respect, then I'll be encouraged. You'd like to think it's a step in the right direction. You'd like to think that, in at least Keith Millen's opinion, it's a better. <laughs> yeah, I want to be positive. Not... Yeah, I want to be yeah. positive. I don't want to just kind of pour pessimism on the poor lad. Yeah. Uh, in, in, in terms in terms of finances and things like that, I mean, God knows what goes on with any of these loan moves these days, and it's kind of like a talk, a conversation between two people, and barely any money can get exchanged, or you can end up paying the full wages. You just you know you, you yeah. just never know with loan deals. I feel like if we're loaning a player off the Premier League, it's almost like we're doing them a favor as much as they're doing us a favor, and yeah. you know, he's, I I don't know how much. We contribute towards wages. I think sometimes you don't contribute anything to them. So I'd, I'd kind of hope that. I mean, certainly, if if we're talking about a player who hasn't found his feet at this level yet, um, so you know, if you've got a Premier League club who has a player in the first half of the season, really kind of like. Gets off to a runner and and does really well, then maybe they might start saying that we we're going to try and get you alone and ask the club that we're loaning you to to pay some money towards you because you're mm. an asset and yeah. because we can, um, you know, uh, players who have very little experience of competitive football and haven't kind of done much in previous loan spells at this level. Part of me is like, I, I don't see how a club like Norwich can ex- 
expect any money for it. But, you yeah. know, maybe they do. I, I don't know what goes on. Yeah, no, I, I, could, I could imagine it being one of those loan deals where it is one of those, like, experience in exchange for, you know, experience, like, yeah. just experience. Yeah, you're not paying for anything. You're giving the lad some experience. And if he doesn't play any games, then, you, you know, he's not going to be there for that long. Or however, however these things seem to work them, themselves out. Now, there was another out and another in. So, um, Killian Leslie, or Keelan Leslie... Um, one of the youth prospects, um, he was handed a short-term pro deal, uh, but was loaned out to Workington for a part of uh, the early part of last season, and he's been released. Um, so that's it for Keelan in terms of, of, of Carlisle United for now. Um, I never really heard much about him. Uh, he, he seemed to obviously be worth that extension in time uh, or was ruled to be. I mean, you do like to keep tracks of these players um, when they end up going to wherever they end up going to. And, and obviously, uh, hats off to him. Did you hear anything about the lad's reputation? Um, no, no. I mean, um, a, a few of the players who, you know, the first and second year pros have have made a little bit of an impact clearly in training and being able to get on the bench and, you know, or they've gone out on loan and done well. Um, you know, you look at Sam Fishburne, who has gone from not even a, a professional to getting those goals for Lancaster and now being part of the first team squad. Uh, Keenan Leslie was just one of those ones. We didn't, we didn't really hear anything of him. He can't have made that much of an impression and, Maybe it's just kind of Keith Millen kind of clearing the books a little bit and kind of saying to certain players that, you know, um, I don't really have any, you know, any use for you right now. Or mm. I don't, you know, you know, you haven't made the progress that some of the other players in your position have. And we, you know, we're just going to, release you now and not kind of like keep you hanging on you know I, I don't know it must be a difficult conversation to have but um yeah i think it just seems like it is one of the ones that hasn't kind of stepped up since being uh, since becoming a professional yeah, it, it, it kind of just seems that it's fizzled out, unfortunately, and whatever sort of flame there was um, in terms of his his talent and development, just to it, it well, it's, it's fell by the wayside, unfortunately. And and yeah, new management can kind of end up with that kind of thing. Who knows if um, Chris Beach would have made the same decision? Uh, but one more transfer in mate, and it's Joel Senior. Joel Senior has a bit of an interesting story. He's been. Um, around a bit. Um, he was released by Oldham as a youngster, but then signed by Burnley in 2019 after he had a, break full, a breakthrough season with uh, Ashton, cruising Ashton, which is a team in the suburbs of yeah. Manchester in the National League North. He didn't play a single game 
for Burnley, unfortunately. And this has um, ended up back with Ultranum. I, I believe it was a bit of a uh, one of those deals where it was uh, COVID. He got a release. Obviously, his last experience was with non-league teams, and the Ultranum sides were full of players that were in the uh, his former Ashton Cruising side just a year previously. Um, yeah. I mean, he must have done something right to get the opportunity at Burnley only uh, three years ago. Um, I mean, it's interesting, right? I feel like this is an interesting sign in this one. It's one of those guys that might actually turn into something. He's only 22 years of age um, and he does, he's a right-sided defender. Now, I don't know if that means he's a right-back or a a centre-back that likes to play on the right side. I assume that means he's a right-back. But, yeah, um, I mean, he seems like he's made from the right kind of stock. He seems like the physicality um, of a player that belongs in the football league. Burnley saw something in him uh, and obviously felt like he belonged at some level in the English football professional game. And now he's back at that level and hopefully he's going to push on for us. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's, you know, you get a few players who have career paths like him where, you know, he's released from Oldham, just as we're talking about Keelan Leslie being released from Carlisle. He's had that kind of like false start to his career. And I think after that, it's just kind of like if if the player has the drive to succeed, um, you know, then they may have to um, kind of drop down to, um, well, I guess, Curtis and Ashton still be semi-pro, um, but um, you know you have to kind of like drop down to a level where. <laughs> you've got money, you got money over there, mate. They've got money over there. <laughs> there was, I think there was. Um, I don't know if this. Is, I don't know if this is bullshit, right? But I'll tell the story anyway. So there was yeah. rumours that when I think it was when David Silver signed for Manchester City. He he wanted he wanted Manchester City to sign one of his mates, yeah. Um, and so they took him on trial, and he said, "No, he's rubbish." Um, so we, we we can't we we can't sign him. But then basically bankrolled Ashton the wages of this player, and then so he signed with Ashton. So he'd be he'd be around David Silver, obviously, but he wouldn't be playing. He wouldn't be on the books at Man City officially at all. Yeah. Um, so I mean. They've got, they've got, they've, they've, they've got the hands in pies, Ashton, um, and so they, they, they do have a bit of money under the belt. They've been around a while as well. They're one of those non-league yeah. teams that, yeah, they've never really gone up to a professional level of football, but they've been around a, a while. They were only a stone's throw away from where I used to live. Um, they ran Drosden out of business. They, uh, they survived Bury as well. So you've got to think, you know, Man City are sinking. Uh, um, a lot of teams in the Manchester area, uh, the, the fact that their fan base has grown so much in the last 10 to 15 years since the influx of the money and all the all the great signings and all the interest they've been able to gather. Yeah. They've drawn fans or, you know, prospective future fans that might have grown up in those Bury areas um, away from those teams. And over the years, that's kind of led to less support and and so there's you know there's just not that that fan base there for these teams and Drawsden got dragged under and um, like I said Bury got dragged under but Ashton seems to be doing fine 
over there, um, and it's because they've got you know they've got a bit of dollar. They've got a bit of dollar. Uh, there's a guy that I used to work with, uh, Carlisle fan, um, mm. who also posts on a football forum that I post on. So I kind of know him two ways. And he moved to Manchester a few years ago and kind of started following Curzon and Ashton. Mm-hmm. And um, to the point that his profile on the football forum now says that he supports Carlisle and Curzon Ashton. Oh, what a quirky guy. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean, I don't know, they, you know, must be maybe kind of, I guess with these non-league teams, sometimes it's about providing the right kind of match day experience to a uh, kind of average football-going hipster who maybe wants a nice craft ale and, I mean, you know, really traditional pie. Traditional, but also artisanal pie. <laughs> I like I like preseason, mate. I like those games because I was going to go to Lancaster as well. Um, but hey, should we go to Carlisle City? Uh, oh, Guildford. I used to play at Guildford Park, man. That's crazy. Oh, yeah. So did you play those Carlisle Park? All right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I played at Carlisle Spartans. Nice, nice old place. Now I went there for um, well. Uh, United played them in a pre-season friendly. Uh, it was a few years ago. Hallam Hope was playing. Um, I take the uh, dog. I take I take the dog for a for a walk because I live I live like like down the other end of the railway track. So I just take the dog for a walk down the railway yeah. track, go over the bridge, and um, like the gate's always open. You just got to go and talk to, talk to the groundsman if he sees you and be like, "I'm all right, letting the dog have a run round." And he's just like, "I as long as, as long as you pick up your shit, like." <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, we should we should we should do a Carlisle City special. Carlisle City special. <laughs> do you know what? Actually, mate, in the early days of the podcast, where I was all bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, and a little bit more, um, <laughs> I don't know, a little bit more, uh, what would you say, naive? Let's say um, I was I was looking for little bits of content and things I could do, and I thought that would be a great idea, right? I'll get one of those football manager. Uh, modifications so it goes down to Carlisle City's level of non-league football and then I'll do like a sponsored like twitch stream or something like that and I'll I'll, I'll bring them up the league kind of thing I contacted them to see if they uh, you know they're all right with me using their um, you know name or whatever and they just didn't bother getting back in contact with me but to be Uh, fair there was was a non-league team that did that and there's a guy who like has a YouTube channel and does footy manager on there. And he did that with Tolo Town and he ended up being their shirt sponsor in real life. Ah, uh, no way. <laughs> see, <laughs> see, I could have sponsored, I could have sponsored their away kit or something, you know. <laughs> I, I doubt they would have charged me that much money for it, you know. <laughs> But yeah, I mean that's that's, <coughs> that's all by the by. Obviously, that's all by the by. Um, I mean that's all the transfer news, mate. I think Joel Senior's an interesting uh, proposition. I hope he can yeah. crack on. I'm just trying to see how much of a deal he's signed—an 18-month deal he's signed with the club. So obviously, that bit of extra time for him to press on. Now, before I let you go, Wills. Uh, yes. Carlisle United's next opponent is Bradford City. We're going to that game. We're going to have a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, let's do something we haven't done in a while, which is 
give a prediction on a, on a scoreline um, for Bradford City. Uh, you looked ready to go first. That was a clap. That wasn't that wasn't thunder or anything. In case you're wondering, listening, that was Will's wow. clap of excitement for being able to give a prediction once again here on the Blue Army podcast. What are you saying for Carlisle's game against Bradford on Saturday? Nil nil. Nil nil. Another one. I think Bradford through against Barrow. Yeah, I think Bradford apparently that you know I think they're having some difficulty scoring at the moment. Mm. Um, yeah, I kind of want it to be positive, but I think I was positive last time, so um, I still think a nil nil. It wouldn't be a terrible result. No, I, yeah, maybe not. But I think Tyrese Otamatei might just steal it for Carlisle United. So I'm going to say 1-0 Carlisle United. And, uh, yeah, let's give us a goal to celebrate, man. Give us a goal to cheer. Uh, I'm expecting yeah, there to be a little bit of a crowd uh, this weekend because, obviously, we've had the last couple of games called off. And so I'm expecting there to be a little bit of a swell at Brunton Park. Nothing massive, but... Um, I reckon about 5,000 people will be at Brunton Park, mate. I'm predicting that as well. Mm-hmm. And we're doing all the predictions today. Um, kind of and our Day, New Year's Day rolled into one kind of attendance. Well, maybe maybe just, like, obviously, because it's Boxing Day and New Year's Eve, attendance normally rely on the fact that people don't have work or anything like that or haven't yeah. been at work the last day and blah, blah, blah. But now, obviously, it's a little bit later on in January. So I reckon there'll be a little bit of a swell, but I don't think there'll be anywhere near the size of like a Boxing Day crowd or anything like that, unfortunately. Um, but, mate, I'm looking forward to the game. I'm looking forward to seeing you on Saturday. Um, we'll sort that out in due course. But for now, mate, let's say goodbye to the listeners. Uh, this has been episode 49 of the Blue Army podcast. Next week, it will be episode 50 and I don't know what we're going to do we'll figure something out it'll be a lot of fun uh, maybe there'll be a couple of special guests popping in and out we've done that kind of thing before I can see who's available and who I might be able to get roped in but mate it's been a lot of fun talking to you Wills today on the podcast thank you very much uh, for joining me and um, yeah I mean I, I'll maybe see you again next week if you're up for it indeed yeah yeah um, well I'll see you on Saturday well, yeah, I'll see you on Saturday. And if uh, maybe we'll get a bit of social media content off the back of that and take some funny old photos. Yes. Yeah. If, it's, if it's a nice, exciting game, then... I mean, hopefully. hopefully if I'm wrong, you know, me saying it's going to be nil-nil, if it is nil-nil, then, you know, you obviously if it's nil-nil, then it's up to us or up to you. You're the podcast person to come up with some exciting content. If it's an exciting game, then you don't need to try so hard. <laughs> Don't give away all the secrets. Don't give away all the secrets. Let's hope for a four-three victory for Carlisle United <laughs> against Bradford. Um, and on Christian that Abraham's hat trick. Wow. I mean, just this COVID recovery <laughs> at its finest. Um, and yeah, I mean, hopefully, hopefully we'll steamroll, mate. Hopefully we'll just have one of those freakish games. He came was on. It, was it he came on against Harrogate. Was it so you that back. predicted? 
Was it you that predicted Carlisle were going to beat somebody 4-0 at some point this yeah. season yeah. on the half on the half term review? So I mean, maybe you'll prove yourself wrong and we'll have a free kiss result against Bradford. Um, but, <laughs> mate, I've really enjoyed this episode. I've had a lot of fun. Apart from the joke of the week, that was an absolute stinker. <laughs> um, but mate, yeah, I thank mean, you, mate. it could well be my fault for just not being switched on enough. I mean, we'll maybe see if the listeners want to make a comment about if you want to blame me for having a bad joke and you want to blame Will for not understanding the joke, give us a little comment somewhere. Uh, We'll appreciate that. Spotify, I want to make people aware, Spotify have started to make people um, able to uh, give five-star ratings, one-star ratings, and, and make comments and things like that for podcasts now. So if you do listen to the Blue Army podcast on Spotify, please give us a five-star rating. It gets us out there. It gets us to the top of recommendation lists, and it just means that we can crack on and keep developing and keep moving forward. And hopefully, hopefully, a year from now, in our two-year anniversary, I'll be announcing some kind of sponsor that can take all the stress away um, from, from, from my bank account. <laughs> but yeah, it's, uh, uh, thank you very much, Wills, for joining me. And um, that's, uh, that's enough from us, mate. So uh, there's nothing else to really say apart from bye for now. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I always have to. Where's the, where's the record button? Uh, I need to extend it. There we go. Leave that bit. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times.
This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.